So if you perceive Supergirl as anything less than excellent, isn't the real problem you? <laughs> this is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 92 for the week of October 26, 2015. <laughs> I am Kneeler before Zod, David T. Cole, and I'm here with stuntcast human parent, Sarah D. Bunting. Get it? Phantom Zone <laughs> resident, Joe Reed. I'm a revenge! <laughs> <laughs> media mogul, Tara Ariano. I'm a girl! And Lex Andor, a.k.a. Jeff Alexander. Greatest criminal mind on this podcast, at least in the office. Welcome back to the podcast, uh, Jeff Alexander. I'm still laughing about Thank that. Thank you. Band. Glad to be here again. Um, we are welcoming Jeff this week because he will be covering Supergirl this season for us on Previously.TV. And since we got to watch a screener and since it premieres as we record this tonight, by the time you hear this, it will have premiered. And Jeff's excellent first post will have been published. Uh, we wanted to talk about it today. So, Jeff Alexander, you are uh, very superhero tv conversant you have previously covered uh the flash and gotham for us is that all i feel like maybe there's more that i'm forgetting i did constantine for a while oh God, that's uh, right. when it was on yeah i have done a couple of subs on walking dead right um i'm yeah i'm not the comic book expert that you might you know think i am based on my assignments but uh yeah i'm into the show so that's good enough for me and what were your thoughts on the pro- the pilot of Supergirl? Is it in fact super, and is she super? Uh, it's fun. I liked it. Uh, you know, it's it's. I think it does what it sets out to do. It, you know, there's this character, and there's not a lot. I probably not a lot known about her outside the comic book sphere. So I think they're able to kind of have almost sort of a blank slate, but at the same time, they don't have to explain what all she can do because everyone knows what Superman can do, and she can do the same stuff. So there's that. So that's a time-saving thing. And uh, I watched it with my 11-year-old son, and he thought it was awesome. He can't wait to uh, make it a regular thing. Um, and I, I enjoyed watching it with him. It's, uh, you know, it's good. You- it's uh, a lot of the same stuff that makes The Flash work. Uh, you know, this is a lot of the same uh, production team, I think, makes Supergirl work as well. So Are there's you- a... Sorry. Sorry? No, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, there's, there's a relatable hero. You know, she faces doubts and uh, sometimes questions herself, but comes through in the end. So it's it's Flash-like in that way, and I think the Flash succeeds in a lot of ways, and I think this probably uh, is following some of that same template. They certainly have a formula. Which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Are you worried your son's watching CBS? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's a first time for everything. It, it, is he asking for prune juice? Instead <laughs> He's got to learn about <laughs> catheters sometime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't yet. You know, if he uh, starts asking for like DVDs of The Mentalist or whatever, then we'll talk. But we'll see. I'm, I'm interested in the uh, the calculus behind why this is on CBS instead of you know being on the CW with the rest of the gang. Yeah, it really seems like it should be a CW show. Yeah, I mean it. It is. I mean, I don't really see anything that right. kind of marks this as a major network show instead of a cable show. Like it's not, the budget seems the same. The special effects seem as awesome as ever for TV. Um, You know, the uh, stiff, the stiff human CGI transitioning into (laughs) the actor hitting the ground stuff is still there. But so I don't really, I mean, besides that it, you know, she is a super family member. It really seems like something that would have been more home with the CW because it seems like the CBS is sort of, hedging their bets with like 
crossovers and stuff between Supergirl and the rest of the team. Like they've come out and said, like maybe we're not sure. Like it might happen, but it's not yeah. a for sure thing because it's over here. It just seems like an odd perception thing, though, because like if it was on the CW, I would sort of like not blink and be like, oh yeah, I'll add this to my arsenal. Mm-hmm. And because it was on CBS. It really was like, am I going to want to watch this? This seems silly. And like, I wouldn't have thought this seems silly on if it was on the CW. And then the villain is that guy, one of the team from The Mentalist. Yes, I am 85 years old. (laughs) I recognize Owen Yeoman. And uh, uh, the most imposing vegan in Hollywood. But yeah, other than that, it didn't seem that CBS-y to me. Um, I really liked it. I'm going to keep watching it. She's very likable. I She's thought. very likable. Even though they had her do that annoying thing where the when I can't remember whether it was it was Jeremy Jordan, right? When Jeremy Jordan finally All figures right. it out on the rooftop and he's like, you're her. Yeah. And she goes through like 20 different little like shruggy ticks like, eh, yeah. no, I'm a girl, right? It's weird. I got to adjust just my like, glasses. <laughs> yeah, just like get her past that part where she's yep. constantly apologizing for the like dissonance of that yeah let's get past the devil wear prada's first 20 minutes and let's get sure yeah yeah Mm -hmm. exactly get it to the point where she's good at stuff yeah yeah. well i mean uh, in that regard they they really were able to expedite the origin story stuff to like 10 minutes which i really appreciated and jeff's right it's mostly because they can tell her story through superman's story and it's basically you know the same gist except you know she was got lost along the way and then now she's younger than he is ladies right yeah i mean women drivers right Um, but i like the fact that her like existential dilemmas are different and less sort of world on her shouldersy where she's mm -hmm. just like i'm just looking to find the place in the world where i can best contribute and like that's like refreshingly lower stakes and i don't mean that in a bad way i feel like it's just like that it's a more personal stakes well today's job market you have to find freelancing gigs wherever you can get them (laughs) exactly (laughs) yes yes exactly jeff something that uh you had a big problem with from your post uh is the the character i'll just say the character of alex that you hated her can you elaborate on your problems with her you know i i didn't like uh i don't know how much of that is uh carried over from the comics um but you know i thought there was a lot about her character that uh, irritated me, uh, her motivations and, you know, her kind of secret keeping and kind of, uh, you know, not letting uh, Kara, uh, Supergirl, kind of be who she is and kind of encouraging her to, uh, you know, hide who she is based on her own motivations. But at the same time, using who Kara is to advance her own career and her own goals. So, uh, yeah, she she irritated me. Um, you know, but it's still early. Maybe she won me over. We'll see. She, uh, she kind of turns it around towards the end of the episode. Um, too little too late if it were just the one episode, but uh, I'm willing to reserve judgment. I like Kyler Lee a lot as an actress. I liked her on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, that character that was very muddled in terms of motivation, you're right, in a way that is aggravating. <coughs> For those who haven't watched the episode, this is the adopted sister of of Kara, so they grew up together. And she's she's an agent. In the home of previous super super people right. actors. <laughs> it's like a retirement home that. for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't recognize Helen Slater until I, I, I saw her name on the Wikipedia. I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, it was, first I was kind like, of wow, a criminal good. intent reunion. As well, because the lead was in a pretty famous, I think, they show it all the time, Criminal Intent episode about, like, murderous ballerina. Oh, God. Oh. It's like Black Swan meets Beautiful Creatures. And nice. she was the, whatever. Lesser. Sarah, stop making up stories. 
<laughs> does that sound like does that sound based on what you know of criminal intent made up <laughs> i don't know anything about criminal intent except that it was like this really problematic uh place on the forums for a long time oh no here's the thing of, to know a lot of crazy shit people. sounds made up yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway getting back to alex yep. she she belongs to a shield type of uh organization right which she's an agent in and so that's that's the mixture of her motivations. <laughs> the department she's... of we don't trust aliens yeah yeah exactly. and her boss used to be carrie matheson's boss so yeah. that's a whole other can of disgusted yeah. worms i love that actor so <laughs> I was in, like, just based on him, practically, but we'll see. I think this might be a pilot where the pilot was, like, promising enough that I'm going to be kind of disappointed going forward, but I don't know. We'll see. He's a British actor, right? Yeah. Okay, you can tell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't normally, like, snap to that kind of stuff, but I was like, okay, like, I could hear it in his voice. Uh, What do we think about the overt uh, feminist overtures in this uh, pilot? The, you know, lady that, in the uh, man's the world. Callista Flockhart lean in stuff. Yeah, that yeah. stuff. And, and that just felt like, checklisty to me. That it, felt like a note. Yeah. It felt a little more organic and it could be the time period, but I felt like Agent Carter handled that stuff a little bit better in their start, even though it got a lot pretty trying for the series as a whole on agent carter because they really didn't drop it <laughs> you know they really couldn't move on from yeah. that it it uh, hopefully i liked the scene where where kara's like why is it got to be girl it shouldn't be girl it's demeaning and i seemed like it was going to lead up into some whole thing and calista flockhart was just like i'm the real superhero here and i was like okay you've got me like you totally <laughs> want me back that was a really good line i liked that a lot hmm I don't know. I'm not crazy about she, the Callista Flockhart character. She's she uh she feels very she feels like she's from a different show. I mean, I guess it is a different show, the magazine or the whatever the newspaper stuff, but she, she uh she really feels like she's trying hard to me. I feel I I felt it felt kind of like a a J Jonah Jameson type yeah. character where it's just like, "Oh, you're doing you're like filling this role so you're going to fill it to you know 12 on the dial or whatever <laughs> and, terrifying boss yeah i felt that was yeah sort of like dragon lady or whatever um the same way you know uh jk simmons in the Su- spider-man movies is sort of rat-a-tat like old journalism boss i don't know i kind of i was okay with that mm. that, char- like, uh, that kind of a character is made for me yeah, yeah exactly like, like randall Priestley meets perry white yeah i guess clark kent's editor I guess I, I just thought the the all the publishing stuff to me seemed like a little simple minded. Like, did we really need Kara to explain to us that if she shuts down a paper, people will lose their jobs? Like, we understand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As super uh, hero origin <laughs> motivations go, <laughs> unemployment for probably a few hundred people <laughs> has got to be one yeah, of the reporter <laughs> buyouts. Yeah. Not sure that tracks. <laughs> Although, <laughs> yeah, they could. Uh, maybe that was just set up for like work that they're going to do uh vis-a-vis like superheroes in the age of social media mm. yeah. and how they're going to handle her like whatever branding right presence they have sort of laid the groundwork for that and that could be kind of a like amusing little subplots like when they're trying to make her costume and she's yeah. like um I wouldn't wear this to the beach like th- I know there's yeah. material there but f- for that to be her like entire for that to be the inciting incident is a little like yeah, whatever T- taxation in the. I think on the on the Marvel side, I think they've 
pretty much given up on the alter ego secret identity stuff. Like basically right. people are who they are just because like it's, you know, it's, it's so silly. Yeah. Right. Like Clark Kent really is just Superman with a pair of glasses and a tie. And yeah. you're also, always saying no like, you you're standing it. right beside him. He's Superman. <laughs> you're so stupid, Lois. <laughs> and, and, you know, I feel like maybe like if they are exploring a superhero in the age of social media, which I think Marvel's already covered, but if they are doing that, like, the game is going to be up pretty soon. Like, the internet right. loves a mystery, and, uh, you know, like, you know those, um, when people do Yeah, the Reddit their... thread on her is going to be, like, crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, she doesn't even Superior. wear a mask. Like, she's not really yeah. trying to hide who she is, either. Well, <laughs> she's not, but then she doesn't want people to know. No, it just I, seems I... like one of these silly little real-world things that needed to be one way or the other, and, like, yeah. are people really not going to figure out? Like, it's going to be a week or two tops in the in their universe where people figure it out. It's going to be, like... They'll triangulate for sightings and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And they'll realize it's, you know, her origin point somewhere downtown well, and blah, if, blah, blah. If Grace Florick on The Good Wife can be running facial recognition software to find an <laughs> undercover FBI agent, anything is possible. Oh, really? Yeah, that was last week. Yeah. yeah. The Good Wife, wow. they're really good with technology, guys, says the world. <laughs> Dave Cole shakes his fist every time he hears that. <laughs> no, anyway, they're so hilariously they... bad at it. That's, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I appreciated that that they dispensed with you know a lot of the main characters knowing who she was from the from the start. Like that saves yeah. a lot of boring. You know, oh yeah. no, I have to go hide stuff this skirt into my skinny jeans really quick before someone sees me or some bullshit. What do we think about the love triangle? Anyone? I mean, I'm Team Jeremy Jordan, but I always am, and all I know right. a lot of people don't like him, so I'm fine with that. I can be on his team all by myself. Uh, he, they didn't really do him any favors putting him up against the guy who plays James no. Wilson, who is a Fox. Jeremy, yeah, Jer- Jeremy Jordan is not Minnie a contest Schmidt, right? in my, yes. in my okay. mind. What did you yes. say, Sarah? Sorry. Sorry. That's not really a close contest. Definitely not. I agree. One is a boy. One is that other guy. It's just so weird seeing Jimmy Olsen as this like actual like adult man. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just sort of like, just make him anybody else. Like Jimmy Olsen is just such a little like. You know, cub reporter kind of name, like whatever. I don't know. I did that. He was like, "It's James, not." <laughs> yeah, I have a Pulitzer, <laughs> James. Yeah, hmm. I agree. Okay, Tara, I have a couple I think, like yep. source material kind of questions, and I don't know if anybody here is in position to answer them, but I can throw them out into the ether. Number one: Are they allowed to say Superman or no? They said it once in the episode. Did they? Okay, I couldn't tell because there was a lot of like that him, the other guy, like our friend, our friend who flies, <laughs> the bluebird. It felt like they were tap dancing around, and then I was trying to remember: did they ever say it? So I didn't know whether that was a rights thing. When did they say it, Jeff? I think I missed it. It was right at the beginning when her pod crashes and he fishes her out of the pod, and oh. he she mentioned his name as over that shot of him, you know, in silhouette. With right. the sun behind him. Right. That's the one only time that the word Superman is actually uttered in the episode. Okay. Okay. Which also, I think is her a conscious n- choice. Oh, it has to yeah. be. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, which is like, yeah, good for them. You know, separate yourselves. I just didn't know whether they had to. Uh, her name is Kara Danvers. It's Kara. Which, oh, it is? Okay. Yes. Only I would Thank notice that, except that Callista Flockhart keeps calling her Kara and being wrong. Okay, maybe that's why I pulled that. Because also, like, the all this news with uh, Captain Marvel on the Marvel side of it, her name, I think, is Carol Danvers, yeah. which seems... 
Oh, really? Like, mm-hmm. they, they should That's have had weird. to, like, fight that out, and, like, somebody gets the name, and then the other has to, like, go away and name somebody something else. It's Supergirl versus Captain Marvel. Too many Danvers. <laughs> yeah, basically. That is a crazy and then, coincidence. Sorry, go ahead. Just saying that's a crazy coincidence. Proceed. Yeah. Um, and then also, and this is maybe just me being a dum-dum, but what was the deal with uh, Laura Benanti's character at the end? She's her mom, but she's bad or something? She's her twin? Think- yeah, her mom's twin. They kept saying her Oh, her niece. mom has a twin. Okay, that explains it. <laughs> Sorry, I totally missed that. Does it? Well, <laughs> technically. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of people who survived that planet getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, think I just want to see like the, about like, the tree. like did Superman's mom have like two twin sisters or is she? I don't know. She had sisters who were twins with each other. Okay. Right? So there were a total of three super sisters. That's Actually, the show I think that's uh, there might've been more. Who knows sure. how many spinoffs we're going to get. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, I think genealogically, this is going to get nerdy. Um, Superman's. No, this is what I want to hear. Okay, Superman's father, Jor-El, his brother, Zor-El, is Kara's Krypton father. Okay. And Zor-El's wife, Allura, is, you know, dead in the explosion. But Allura's twin sister, the general, whose name we don't know yet, is still alive and kicking and somewhere on Earth or approaching Earth. All right. I needed every bit of that, so thank you. All right. Glad to help. (laughs) Thanks, Jeff. You bet. All right. Any other thoughts on Supergirl before we move on? Everybody going to still watch? I'm, I'm out. I don't care anymore. It was fine. I thought it was. I thought she was. Well, <laughs> totally here's fine. the thing. I'm going to give it another couple episodes and see. Yeah, I'll I check don't. It again. I don't care for the DC TV uh, comic book tone. That's all. You're it barely. Just, into oh, do you the not Marvel watch? Do you not watch though. Flash either? No, I don't watch Flash. I don't watch Arrow. Oh, uh, I love the Flash. only show so far that on TV that I've enjoyed is Agent Carter. Yeah. I don't like Shield either. I can't. I can't get into it. I tried two times already, but yeah, you, you gave Gotham a good shot. Oh yeah, you Gotham. Gave, you too, probably yeah. watched the first half, half of season one. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I mean, that's not to say it's a bad show. It's just like I just can't get into the way they tackle their yeah. universe. That's all. But everybody yeah. else still watching. Eh. Yeah, Tarzan. <laughs> Joe. Probably. Yeah, I'll probably watch a few more. Yeah. See, see how hooked I get. I know Jeff's watching. <laughs> He's got to. <laughs> But you're enjoying it, right? And you're going to watch it with uh, Mini Jeff? I probably will, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll want to join me for it. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and Sarah? Uh, yeah, it's on the DVR, although so was Limitless, and that didn't. That had its limits. <laughs> that had its limits. As it turned out. So we'll see. It really depends on, like, where I am on the weekend with, like, catching up on stuff on the DVR. Like, it's a constant triage at this mm-hmm. point in... Hashtag peak TV. So we'll I do see. want them to create a show called Uncancelable at some point and just see like where that goes. <laughs> just like Limitless just seems like it was setting itself up for that. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you really want to last forever. Rename a Jag. Whatever it's on. <laughs> hey, Liv. Hey, Mom. We just finished watching Season 9, Episode 13 of Face Off. That's right. And we thought it was the last one, but it turns out it's the second last episode. So the episode starts out with everybody having a little conversation on Skype or something with their family and blah, blah, blah. But I thought it was strange that Ben had his friend and a dog and he was almost crying because of his dog. It's his dog's his boost-up guy? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, maybe Dave Cole knows a little bit more about how much love there is for a dog, but I can't imagine crying seeing my dog on TV. 
Um, so what's the challenge in this episode? Burr. They have <laughs> scripts, and what they have to do is they have to make two characters that are going to perform on short films. Yes, and they get to work with a director. And their director is someone named Patrick, I think, Titopoulos. And uh, they get nice. to include two teammates that have been eliminated from Face Off before. And I like the idea just for the people who've been coming the latest just because you know that they have the talent to actually help you if i were on face off i would choose the people who've been here the most lately and who i knew were good artists and people who would help me that's right so you mean uh contestants that had been eliminated recently recently yeah and um what were the names, uh, what were the teams and the names of the, the films that they're doing? So there was one team, that was Nora's team, and Nora did The Prey. There was Evan's team, and Evan did Quarantine Zone, and Ben did Restruction? Resurrection. Resurrection. Mm-hmm. And Ben's team was? Jordan, Scott. Then Nora's team was? Jasmine and Meg. And Evan's team was? Kevin and Stevie. Who would you have chosen? I would have chosen um, Jordan and Meg. Do you like that? those two the best? Yeah, they. I've seen they can do really cool makeups, and they're a big help, so I would choose them to work with. So everybody was making their two characters, and Nora and Ben seemed really good at leading the teams. How was Evan with leading? Well, Evan was sort of <laughs> like, but he wasn't really concentrating on his team, how they were doing. And then at one point, he saw, oh my gosh, my team is going, like, way behind. And then that's what set him with a setback. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he got the best feedback or the worst feedback or neither? Well, what he did is he got the, I think, the worst feedback because he's the one whose both characters were kind of like Patrick didn't like. And the rest, um, Ben and Nora, all they had to do is do a little bit of like painting changes. But Evan had to do way more than just a little bit of painting changes. Mm -hmm. I think Nora did the best out of the three of them on, on her first shot. Yeah, that was pretty good because she did one before, only one though. So that's probably why she's most experienced. And who uh, are you looking forward to? Who do you hope will win? I've been liking Nora's artwork recently. I just think that she's got it. I think that she's made the best progress throughout the season. Yep, and that's why she's in the top three. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll see next week what happens, and uh, I think it'll be pretty exciting. Um, I'm most excited of the f scene shoot, well, oh. of the um, film, how it's going to be, and I'm also excited of seeing who's going to win, so we'll see all that next week. Um, next time. So, bye, Mom. Bye, Liv. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. It's time for Project Project Greenlight. Sarah, why don't you start us off? Because you had a lot of doubts about this latest episode in your uh, post today on Previously.TV. Oh. 
Yeah, I did. I mean, not that the episode wasn't enjoyable. Um, and not that it wasn't um, satisfying to see Jason Mann um, so disappointed at the stunt, which was like the um, the car just like, bink, off the back of the other car. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, can we do it again? And it's yeah. like, this whole episode no. has been nothing but people telling you it can't be done again. Yeah. My favorite was when he asked, the, asked Van that, and Van was like, is that a joke? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, there was that like long pregnant pause there where he was just like, you shitting me, man? Like, like, don't really make good. me actually have to physically say no to you. Yeah. Are you a moron? But it also did seem like they were just going to start like busting out laughing in his face, which yeah. also <laughs> seemed like it would have been fun. And yet. also, he does tend to get these like irrationally big asks that he wants. Mm-hmm. But my issue with the episode, and not just with this episode, but kind of generally over the run of the whole series, was that like... It looked like they were going to lose the non-light and everything's taking forever and it's they're really behind. And then all of a sudden it's six o'clock and they're done. Yeah. Exactly. It's six. They happen to finish on this like big emotional scene, which I know they didn't get it in one take, but it kind of the show made it yeah. look like they did. Yes. Um, and this like the fight that we saw at the end of the last episode just ended. Yeah, it didn't really, it gave, you got like the first, whatever, like five seconds of resolution there where Len Amato was just like, oh, it's weird. They both seem to have different, you know, recalls of how that conversation went. And then you're sort of waiting for him to like say what he thinks about that or return to them to make them figure their shit out. And it doesn't and he doesn't. And nobody that's why does. I call this show. Project Cover Your Ass because nobody's <laughs> nobody's actually pulling the trigger on anything and actually like it's so frustrating to see all the I was about to call them characters all the people uh, in the show complain about the process but then at least on camera not actually have that conversation yeah you know like. Yeah. Like, there's so many conversations about people like, oh, you know, I've kind of checked out and all this kind of stuff. Like, well, where's the conversation where you kind of had like that come to Jesus talk about, you know, like, oh, you really can't have everything you, you know, or whatever. Like, whatever it is, there's lots of examples of it. But uh, it, it's just like, okay, everybody seems to be scared of saying what's on their mind. And then when whatever they're frightened is going to happen happens, it's all just, well, it was somebody else's issue, which I realize that's how the whole economy of hollywood worked everybody is scared nobody wants to say no because the person you say no to today becomes spielberg tomorrow (laughs) right i mean that's the whole reason why everything is so fucked up and duplicitous and in hollywood but it's just like (laughs) it's so frustrating to watch um on a show that's supposed to be you know the real behind the scenes look at how a movie is made which i guess it is but you know you kind of want to see a little more. well in the very process that they spend so much time complaining about Is what inevitably bails them out in the end. Yeah. Because they always sort of come back in and save, like, save it at the end somehow. Right. So they don't look bad on TV. And there are a lot of, like, clashes and conflicts that just kind of trail off, which could be realistic. But if you're going to make the TV show. Yeah. Well, and the TV show. But also, HBO's the ones where they've got this movie on the schedule, they're already promoting it. They can't exactly walk you up to that line and actually say, this movie is a product of the compromises that were made because these things weren't ideal. Even though that does seem to be what we're seeing, 
but they're not really, they seem to be, be, you know, trying to push it towards that. Well, things seem to work out and it's like, well, yeah, there's more, always the this. more honest thing to say would be, this is the movie you're getting because we ran out of time and because we only had so much money and because, yeah. you know, these but are the limitations. Also, that's this is what also you get. every movie, yeah. right? <laughs> but here's the honest right. conversation I wanted to have, and let's use the stunt as an example. Jason, you like we, we got one take, and whatever you get, you're going to use because that's you dot, dawdled so long in location that you've pushed the rest. Do you understand that everything that's happening bad at the end of the shoot is because of your choices at the start of the shoot? Not only the location, but also, as Effie brought up, if he's if he had decided he wasn't going to make such a fucking big deal about shooting on film, he would have had two extra yeah, yeah. days, too. And for the stunt coordinator to say about three times before, to be asked and to say, yeah, it's going to seem like a really big accident. And for that to happen on screen where it wasn't like there's so much blame to go around and like everybody's just like kind of looks down and kicks the dirt and then the show's over <laughs> it's just like come on somebody yeah. had that argument yeah. you know, like somebody blow up like you know like effie instead of just saying yeah those extra two days would have been nice like she just said, told you yeah and then like jason Manchester said that's the big fucking then- accident you got to be fucking kidding me <laughs> Instead of like, can we do that again? Yeah. And it's just like, I just Effie does a touchdown more... dance on the roadside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but it was just frustrating not to have the conflict that the situation really merited. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, and now we're at the point which we reach in every green light season, I feel like, where the focus goes from let's um, look at the drama inherent in making a movie and now it's about let's sell this movie, even if it's a piece of shit. Right. So there's a se- there's that sense too. Uh, let me pose this question to the panel: uh, least uh, person that's worst at their job on the on the crew, <laughs> <laughs> like person that really like <laughs> probably shouldn't have been there. Hmm. I'm gonna and here's my I'll, I'll go first to okay. set it. Okay. I think Art is bad at what he does. He seems to really just be like, uh, ignores all the processes that are should be uh, that are in place historically over time that were added, such as the safety thing and all this sort of stuff. He just seems like. Wait, which one is art? Art is the yeah. the, the the like uh, I don't know, shit. What what is his title? He's he's the know. he's the African American the big the Van. big guy who Van. has a problem with the shit. union Sorry. people. Art Vandalay. God, well. Dave. Van. Van is yes. who you mean. Yes. Sorry. Van. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. He seems sort of overmatched and unengaged. Yeah. He's the and first we'll AD, talk right, shit Sarah? To whoever's in front of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would like to see Len putting his foot down more, but yeah. he's not really yeah. a member of the crew. He's just sort of comes in and out. Um, in his jacket that's too young for him. Um, yeah, I'll go Mark Schubert. Yeah, Mark did not impress me in the latest episode. He said something to the effect He's of He's been like, a ghost, yeah. He that but he also said something like, "Well, we didn't have the Effie." He said so, he phrased it in some way that made it seem like he thought Effie was lying about the budget with regard to the stunt. Like she she we didn't have the money that she said yeah. we had or something. Whereas like it was a very is again like Dave to Dave's point, a very cover your ass moment where he was like, "Well, she says we didn't. I don't know. How do I have any way of knowing that?" Like cuz that's her job. Why would she lie? 
like just out of spite, whatever, dude. <clears throat> it's funny. It, I keep going back to that moment in one of the first few episodes where he was like, I don't want to play the middleman in this. Yeah. Which, sure, I wouldn't either. But it seemed like he should have, for the good of everything, been more of a, you know, go-between for people. Completely honest. Once you realize that, like, Effie and Jason were not going to ever be able to, you know, deal with each other. To be completely honest, I don't understand what his job is. And I thought he was the middleman, basically. I thought he was the grease that keeps... I think that should have been... I think that is his job. Isn't he a producer of the show? Isn't that his job? A Project Greenlight? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought, but I I thought he was on the movie staff. I don't know. See, that's how much attention I pay. (laughs) I just seemed like he was supposed to be the person that makes everything run smoothly. So he was, by nature, supposed to be the guy who gets in between things. And he just seems to be like not to like things just happen around him like the fairly exit and stuff like that and he just says oh no oh no oh no oh no and then like <laughs> that's it anyways all right well, all right next, next week next week's the finale god it's too soon yeah yeah well we really screwed up this should have been his own podcast because i feel like this segment is always a little bit too long for the podcast but always <laughs> way too short for everything we really want to say it's true. yeah <laughs> She's lovely. She's amazing. She's awesome, funny, and caring. She's thoughtful, inspiring, and she's lovely. She goes plays game time as valued guest and is constantly trying to take Tara down. She broke the squee barrier when she heard Joe was back in his chair. She's acquired the equipment to start creating her master list of canon submissions. Scrotal Recall, Bob's Burgers, and many more. But most importantly, she's celebrating her birthday! So to the best gal a guy could ever ask for on the podcast that competes for her love every week. Happy birthday, Courtney. You're the best. Love, Johnny. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Courtney. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. In a something of a happy birthday to Mets fans and listeners of the podcast, and uh, one Mets fan in particular, Paul Bauer, I would like to present this short clip from a two-and-a-half-hour mashup of esteemed former Mets announcer Ralph Kiner bricking things on the Mets broadcast. <laughs> it is glorious. We will link to it in the show notes in case anyone cares, which even if you don't care about baseball or know who Ralph Kiner is... This is amazing. It's really good. Here we go to the top of the seventh inning. Mike Torres doing a fine job. And a guy who also does a fine job back for the play-by-play, Ralph Kiner. Thank you very much, Tim McCarver. Excuse me. The Mets are waiting, awaiting the arrival of Keith Hernandez. Let's go downstairs right now as our Cole Hurt, Bud Harrelson uh, host... Excuse me, <laughs> Frank Howard. Well, you'll get it right, Ralph, eventually. We got. And he hits it out to left field. It's way back. It could be gone. It's going. It is gone. Goodbye. Daryl Strawberry with a love opposite field home run, and the Mets lead 3 to 2. Oh, boy. Dur- uh, Durrell and uh, the real. Here's the 2 1 part. And it's 2 and 2. Parker ejected from last night's ball game for vehemently, vehemently, vehemently protesting. <laughs> Dim Reigns with 37 stolen bases and Mookie with 33. Mookie running, he'll make it, and a good 
stop on the ball by, should say, O'Kendall running. <laughs> yeah, this just keeps this just keeps going. It's wonderful. Anyway, uh, congrats, Mets and Royals fans. The World Series starts very soon. And Paul Bauer, thank you for your support. Going from one topic to another, an appropriate segue makes it smooth as butter. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Blotter Presents. This week, we'll be talking about the Lindbergh kidnapping case, which is a TV movie from 1976 starring uh, Cliff DeYoung as Charles Lindbergh Sr. and, more to the point, Anthony Hopkins as Bruno Hauptman. Um, If you're familiar with the case, this is actually a little bit dull uh, as a sit. It is very thorough and meticulous and entertaining for people with no background in the case, so if you can find it... I definitely recommend uh, trying to track it down on DVD or, better yet, pestering Hulu and or Amazon Prime and or Netflix to release it to streaming. I am putting it up before the program parole board this week uh, because it's, first of all, very informative. Second of all, doesn't annoy me with any crackpot theories that I don't agree with. Third of all... (laughs) has some unbelievable overacting by the extras in the rhubarb, peas and carrots. Is that ah. Colonel Lindbergh? Ha! Mm-hmm. Department. It's it's really wonderful. They also have this extra with some Walking Dead-style teeth. I'm not even sure why he's in the movie. He doesn't have a line. He just has these terrifying teeth. <laughs> they will be in the visual aids for this uh, <laughs> fine film. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, and... You have a bunch of other notable names in there, like Total Hey, It's That Guy's, like Tony Robbins. Uh, Michael O'Keefe is in it, although I don't actually remember uh, seeing him. The guy who wrote the teleplay also wrote a TV movie classic, I Know My First Name is Steven. Oh! And really bringing us home in the scenery-gnawing department is one Denise Alexander, who General Hospital fans uh-huh. will remember as Dr. Leslie Weber. She plays a character who kills herself by drinking silver polish. You can imagine how subtly wow. that's done. Um, and Joseph Cotton uh, is Jaffsy. Uh, Martin Balsam, who was in Psycho and a bunch of other things, is Hauptman's attorney. Uh, David, Dr. Neil Bernstein Spielberg is the prosecutor. It's a hey, it's that guy fest. It really goes by quickly. Anthony Hopkins doesn't get a ton to do, actually, except glare at prosecution witnesses. <laughs> But he does it pretty well, and I hope the uh, I hope somewhere the big program parole board in the sky hears my plea, as it did with Project Greenlight, <laughs> and releases this on streaming because it would definitely be a fun like just put it on Hulu on a Sunday afternoon when you're bored or hungover or paying bills or whatever. All three, uh, it's it's entertaining for sure. This is like classic '70s miniseries. I am going to register if it's the last thing I do. SAG card overacting. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend. Nice. Awesome. Ah, there we go. Ooh, all right. It's time to go around the dial in full volume. Uh, Tara, your name's not Nick. Nope. Nick, tell us about the nope. Tara. <laughs> uh, I changed mine from the Nick to uh, the two, my, my favorite uh, garbage reality shows on the FYI network, 
a network. Um, <laughs> those are Married at First Sight the first year and Arranged, both of which are back. Arranged just came back uh, last week. Second episode uh, will air tonight if you're listening to this the day this comes out. Arranged is the show about couples who've been <laughs> arranged to get together, except only one of the three couples they cover have actually been in, are actually in an arranged marriage, and they are the Roma couple, and they are fascinating. <laughs> they, uh, there's a lot of, um, extremely sexist practices that are just explained away with like, well, that's our tradition in gypsy culture, which they say gypsy. So I'm just repeating what they say. I know you're not supposed to say it, but they do. Um, and then the, the mid season premiere, it was all about how, uh, the women go and sell flowers in bars and then have to give all the money that they get to their husbands. Meanwhile, the husbands have no set source of income that we ever see, by the way. And, uh, never the younger couple, he won't, give her money to buy makeup and that's the conflict of the episode and she ends up leaving him over it it's fascinating <laughs> please everyone start watching the show so you can talk about it with me because no one else watches it and i can take or leave the other two couples like they're super duper boring but christian and maria the roma couple who are 18 years old by the way um, oh my god it's uh, it's insane. It's it's crazy. What and I can't I this can't is wait. A, is to, this the uh, same couple as last time? Oh yes, yeah. And he's maybe should have been arranged with a gentleman. Well, perhaps he maybe should have been arranged with a hitman. In my opinion, like he is <laughs> so insufferable, should not be with anyone of any kind. Frankly, he's he's right, not a good for person. You, Even his I dad is like, "You're driving your wife away. What is your problem?" Um, so yeah, arranged. <laughs> it's back. Get into it, please. Is that it? Yeah. Did you had another show? Oh, Married at First Sight, the first year. Uh, Jamie and Doug are going to break up for sure. That is my prediction. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about the uh, librarians on TNT. It's not a great show. It's not a – I'm not sure it's a good show. But uh, Go it on. was back for a second season. It was uh, – um, it was it had a short run uh, last uh, December through January. They had a lot of uh, nights where it was two episodes, so they sort of crammed a ten episode season into like six or seven weeks. Um, but it's coming back uh, this coming Sunday on TNT Sunday nights. Um, and like I said, it's not great, but it's fun. It's really stupid fun. The tone is similar to uh, like mid period new Doctor Who, hmm. uh, except they don't pretend the science is they don't pretend the science is not magic. Um, and you know, it's just this. Uh, Goofy, silly show. I don't know what the second season is going to be like. There was a lot of changes at the end of the first season. Um, so I don't know what's going from here. But I will be covering that as well for the site. So watch it with me. Comment on the forums and be there. See what Noah Wiley's doing these days. The exactly. ads made it look really funny. I actually laughed out loud at one. And then my husband like paused live TV <laughs> and was like, <laughs> glare. What happened? Yeah, Who are it you? It's funny. It's not terribly challenging or ambitious, but uh, it, it does have its moments and it's, it's dumb fun. Nice. Joseph. Yes. So uh, this past, uh, the most recent episode of You're the Worst on uh, FXX, our favorite not porn station, even though it sounds like it. Um, uh, it was really good. And it was one of those uh, episodes that 
Uh, you hear about TV like next day on Twitter, but this one really like blew up. Everybody was sort of talking about best of the season, best of the series. It was very, very good. If you've been watching the season so far, uh, Gretchen, uh, Aya Cash's character, uh, she's been sort of sneaking off to go cry in her car, and we're not entirely sure why. Well, we find out why this season. Uh, unsurprisingly, it has to do with mental, emotional health issues. Um, but it's handled very, very well and very sort of like realistically. And I just wanted to make sure that everybody who saw that kind of chatter knows it was also very funny. It really because, was. <laughs> uh, I know it made it sound like one of those like comedy bummer episodes that <laughs> get praised a lot, where it was like, remember that episode of Community where Troy turned 21 and he decided he was like depressed and sad about everything and it wasn't funny it was just sort of like a bummer of an episode and then i decided that i didn't like community anymore (laughs) this is not that um there are the three funniest things of the entire season of the show are in that uh one of them being a fantastic running hakuna matata uh joke one being jimmy's reaction to finding out that there's a mouse in the apartment which is a completely legitimate reaction (laughs) horrifying everybody else should think it's a big deal um and then there's a scene where throughout the episode gretchen's just sort of like dancing to keep her like you know self from realizing how like awful she feels and Lindsay comes over and just starts seamlessly like glides into dancing which and it's Lindsay, so she's just like feeling her boobs and like grinding up on air and it's phenomenally funny um so just like don't be afraid of like the comedy of like bummerness with this like it's really really funny it's a really wonderful so it's episode. not i know my first name is alex no <laughs> it is not it is not it is not very special it is just Boo. it's great yeah so yeah. agree all right, take us home, Sarah. Uh, I'm here to talk about Residue. That's what she said. Um, at Cinema Blend on Twitter, tipped me to this show. Uh, it's on Netflix, and it's, uh, I guess, a miniseries, for lack of a better word, uh, about a dirty bomb-type explosion in downtown London on New Year's Eve that oh. kills over 200 people. We watched that. Oh, this one. People. Oh, I have opinions uh, about this. We watched oh, this. Oh, yeah, I've seen this. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't recognize Thank the Thank God. Okay, so with, now with, you... Wait, is this the one with the two actors from Game of Thrones in it? The guy uh, is Bolton and the girl yes, is yes, the traveler? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, Sarah. Okay, so the protagonist is a photographer who's starting, finally, at the end of episode one to see weird shit showing up in her um, shots of the decimated city and the remaining people. And despite... I don't know what it is about it. Like... It, on its face, it's not so great. And um, my husband, like the detective, he named him Detective Rock Bottom because with the pills and the living in the car. And like quit. Yeah. And then like came back, like in the middle of the first episode, he's like, I quit this. And then at the end, he's like, fine, but I'm going to hate watch the rest of it. Uh, there's something about like the concepts. It's really cool. It's very atmospheric and sort of creepy to think about what might happen under these circumstances, but I feel like I'd need to draw a line with these post-apocalyptic event shows because they never pay off the promise of the premise. And since you guys have also watched it, uh-huh. what did you think? Uh, did not pay off the premise for sure. I, I, I really love the trappings of this. <laughs> like I, when, when the first episode was up, I thought the premise was intriguing, uh, but I just like, I was waiting for the show to go somewhere and it never did. And I was like, well, that could have been anything. And okay, I mean, the v- her voiceover is so problematic that she's, like, repeating the phrase, like, we've changed. Like, yeah. it's it's a mass death event. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No doy. 
like I'm sort of glad at least it's at least it's a European show so the actors look like actual people and it doesn't end up being like the Island of Misfit catalog model yeah everyone wandering around <laughs> wearing mouth jackets and looking stricken with like little smudges of dirt on their foreheads yeah but if you'd say it doesn't pay it off then maybe i should quit it yeah what, what episode are you hear on from listeners who also um watched it and maybe thought differently can Sorry. i all just uh bump in to say pursuant to our minis last week that rock bottom would be a fantastic name for a television <laughs> show where detective rockland atkins is joined by uh felicity obottom uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah. That's all. Somebody okay. write it. I don't. It's just Sold. those are your names. Approved. What episode are you on, Sarah? Uh, just the, just, just watched the, the first one and was like, yeah. not sure if I should. The wor- the, the, they set up the world well, but then they didn't really know what to do with it. And it like seriously, it goes from sixty to zero in three episodes. The like, way, yeah, amazing. the way it was sold to me and why I thought we should try it is that whoever was tweeting about it said that it was like a Black Mirror mini series, and uh, like that's what you would hope, yeah. but it's like. This this it really just makes you realize. Oh, sometimes you only need an hour to tell a story. You don't necessarily even need three. Like yeah. if this was compressed into one, I feel like it might have been more interesting. Agreed. Style, but yeah. eh, your mileage. Thanks for the tip. All right, everybody. It is time for the canon. Our guest, one Jeff Alexander, has prepared a canon entry. Take it away, Jeff. Uh, Yeah, it's an episode called Montgomery, Alabama. It's the second season premiere of Drunk History. So if there are any listeners who are not familiar with it, it's a Comedy Central series. Uh, Actors reenact key moments in history. Uh, But the hook is that the script for the reenactments is narration that is recorded extemporaneously by a comedian who is completely hammered. (laughs) So you get to see like George Washington lip-syncing the exact tone and phrasing of someone who's speaking in highly colloquial 21st century (laughs) shit-faced. So the Montgomery, Alabama episode, my personal favorite, starts with uh, Alan McLeod from You're the Worst, who is Blotto as advertised. Hello. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about Percy Julian, one of the greatest scientists to ever live. Percy Julian was born in Montgomery, Alabama in 1899. So that meant he was growing up as a kid in Jim Crow segregation land. Can we pause for a second? I wasn't sure how this was going to work with just the audio of it because it's such a visual yeah. show, but that is still really funny. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. I know. Okay, I proceed. That's all. Yeah. So, yeah, that moment he's walking past a sign that says Jim Crow segregation land. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, the bit goes on. Percy Julian grows up, uh, and he is being played by Jordan Peele. Um, Tara's written on the site before about how well Jordan Peele does this. He's balances the dignity of the great scientist, but at the same time performing this completely drunk dialogue. So anyway, uh, Percy Julian, he was still uh, facing racism at university in Indiana, and then he had to go to Austria to pursue his PhD. He's like, this place is amazing. I mean, we're doing real work here, guys. Carbons and hydrodrons, oxydrons and carbotrons. That's molecules for you. (laughs) I love that. Um, Unfortunately, Percy Julian was a little indiscreet in some letters that he sent back home. Percy's back in America. He's like, yeah, I'm back from Vienna. I got my PhD. No big deal. Just keep doing some science, guys. And then his boss, the president at Howard University, is like, no, no, no. 
All those letters that you wrote about all those babes you were hooking up with in Vienna, this is very embarrassing to Howard University, so we need you to resign. And Percy's like, what? These are personal letters. Uh. And he's like, there's a lot of opportunities to these Opportunities? <laughs> you guys, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, then he gets hired on as the director of research at the Glidden Paint Company. So Percy and his team were studying soybeans in the lab. They're going, this molecule goes to this molecule, and we boom, and then we have this molecule, and it's going to this molecule, and then boom. We're having a good time. So he's working on all this stuff. And then there's a lab accident. Uh, Dr. Julian discovers a way to make steroids using soybeans, um, which is hard to overestimate the scientific significance of that, but Alan McLeod does try. At that time, they were getting steroids from, like, horse piss. Everybody was like, whoa, Percy just made progesterone out of a bean. (laughs) He didn't even have to, like, use a horse stick for that. There's only so many horse sticks. There's like a million soybeans uh, per every one horse dick. Okay. Yeah. Again, you don't really get the effect over the audio, but you have to imagine Jordan Peele and Derek Waters in period costume appearing to explain it using these exact words. Um, And then Dr. Julian from there goes on to make some discoveries that are literally too numerous to mention. Can I just like... AMC Network's Sundance Now is a premium streaming video service offering a rich selection of prestige dramas, heart-stopping thrillers, and gripping true crime series from around the world. Sundance Now believes that life is more enriching when experienced through perspectives that differ from our own. Why is Sundance Now so awesome? Sundance Now's catalog includes award-winning original content, international exclusives, and hard-to-find properties at a fair price. You get premium content and no commercials for as low as four ninety nine a month with an annual membership. And you can enjoy it anywhere. Sundance Now works on all your favorite devices. Download the app or watch online on Apple and Android devices, Amazon Fire TV, Google Chromecast, Roku, and more. My favorite aspect of Sundance Now is their documentary library. Pop culture investigations like The Cult of J.T. Leroy, The Pussy Riot Doc, and that must-see for Project Runway fans, Bill Cunningham, New York. But the catalog is impressively deep on the true crime front, too. There are lots of films I've covered for my true crime newsletter, but just as many I haven't had a chance to watch yet, and I had to force myself not to start Valentine Road instead of recording this ad, so... Let's get to that promo code so that I can get back to the film, and you can join me free for 30 days. Start streaming your next obsession. To try Sundance Now free for 30 days, go to SundanceNow.com and use promo code EHG. That's S-U-N-D-A-N-C-E-N-O-W.com and use promo code EHG for 30 days of free streaming. Thanks, Sundance Now. Can you just scroll a list of all the stuff he created? Yeah, we can. Because that would be the most efficient way. Just while you're talking. I can't, I don't have, I I can't, but I hope you're seeing the list of all the stuff he created because it's insane. It's like, yeah, all these pants are scrolling down screen. And uh, he pops one in his mouth and appears to eat it. And they just do all that in post. And (laughs) so, yeah. But uh, it's, it's, 
the show depends on a lot of visual gags, obviously. Uh, so it's cool that it invents a new one there. And plus, you know, there's uh, Jordan Peele. So the next segment is narrated by Amber Ruffin. She's a writer on Late Night with Seth Meyers. And uh, naturally, she's three sheets to the wind. <laughs> Guess what? In Montgomery, Alabama, in 1955, a young black woman became the first person who was arrested for not giving up her seat to a white lady on the bus. That young woman's name is Claudette Colvin. Yeah, it's a famous story, but with a less famous protagonist. So 15-year-old Claudette Colvin refuses to give up her seat on the bus to a white woman. So Claudette's like, you, I'm sitting. Have a seat. White lady's like, I will not have a seat. The bus driver's like, I'm going to get the cops. So the cops are like, move. Claudette's like, I shall not be moved. And they drag her off the bus. The only thing she knows to do is to go, it's my constitutional right. And they're like, it's 1955, and we don't have to do shit, so you. Claudette's like, 1955. Uh. <laughs> I'm saying, <laughs> So, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, there you go. So as the story goes on, uh, mail pours in the local NAACP office where it's read by the secretary, who's played by Lisa Bonet, and her name is... Rosa Parks. <laughs> That's right. So later, when the local NAACP chapter decides to hold the Montgomery bus boycott, they decide for PR reasons that Claudette Colvin should not be the face of the campaign. So they stage the whole thing again, the whole arrest, but this time Rosa Parks is tapped to get arrested. But she had to act like, oh, I was just tired. Aren't I not threatening white people? And then white people were like, oh, she's just tired. We're eating this up. <laughs> <laughs> so then the NAACP handed out the flyers announcing the bus boycott and Claudette Colvin gets one and Claudette Colvin is like I can't believe that I'm finding out through a flyer that Rosa Parks did exactly what I did I feel very hurt Claudette Colvin is like ouch and at that same time she finds out she's pregnant she's like her high school finds out that she's pregnant so she's kicked out of high school she's like you know what this. I'm moving to Burning Man. Did I say Burning Man? I thought Burning Man while well, I said Birmingham. Burning, Burning Man. Now I can't say Burning Man. Uh-oh. Okay. I'm in a tailspin. <laughs> yeah, so of course they have that with uh, half-naked hipsters dancing around a confused, unsung civil rights hero from the 1950s. So this is one of ex- one of many examples where drunk history taught me something I didn't know before, and I'm Obviously not the only one. Uh, the show's host, uh, Derek Waters, he spends part of every episode interacting with local drunks in the wild. And in this case, we get the following exchange. At the heart of the city is the civil rights era. Rosa Parks, the bus boycott, Martin Luther King. And how about Claudette Colvin? Claudette Colvin. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm the first person to tell you that I don't even know who she is. <laughs> So there you go. Um, and then there's a third segment. Uh, it's about the heavyweight boxing championship battle between Joe Lewis and the German boxer Max Schmeling in the 1930s. So Morgan Murphy's version isn't quite as funny as the other two, but it does have Terry Crews playing Joe Lewis and Weird Al Yankovic playing Adolf Hitler. 
So we learned that Joe Lewis lost the first fight against Schmeling because he was overconfident. He didn't prepare. And then when the rematch comes around, Hitler's pretty confident that his guy will win again. A Hitler like was like suddenly Mr. Cool. Like, all right, we're going to win. Let's do this. Tell everybody. Let's party. Let's watch the fight. Everybody, you can be out till 3 a.m. All the bars have to have booze so you can celebrate. And also, we will use the prize money to build tanks. <laughs> Don't know what her accent was yeah. doing there, but I found that really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Weird Al Yankovic's Hitler is funnier than every downfall parody you've ever seen on YouTube put together. <laughs> so anyway, the second fight goes much better for Lewis. And Hitler's like, uh-oh, SpaghettiO, don't let anybody hear this. Pull the plug. They, like, pulled it from German radio because they knew it was going to happen. Like, never mind. Don't worry about it. Go do your thing. No Jews. Thank you. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you, funny Hitler. So um, it sounds like she may not be completely tanked, although hearing just the audio, maybe she is. Uh, But you can't see the part where she insists that she and the host, Derek Waters, uh, box in her living room. And she turns out to be a pretty aggressive drunk, like physically. And Derek Waters, he just wants to get it over with without her maiming either one of them. So um, let me just say this about Derek Waters. He's kind of the host, but other than appearing in supporting roles in a lot of the reenactments, he doesn't really make it about him. He's just this quiet, unassuming little guy who gets out of the way. You know, it's his job to keep the storytellers drunk, but not too drunk, and to keep them somewhat on track, but not too on track. And I'm sure he's been insulted, sworn at, puked on by his guests. (laughs) Basically, he's like a bouncer in reverse. Um, I'm not sure he gets enough credit for what he does, but all that being said, I had totally forgotten that this is the episode where Derek Waters gets dick punched. <laughs> you won. I know. I'm trying to get up. Hold on. Thank you. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. So Drunk Story is a simple concept, well executed, and it's never better executed than this in this episode. It's got the best of everything you expect from the show, strong production values, first-rate drunk sinking, plenty of bleeps, teaching of stuff, and really drunk people. So now I'm going to yield the floor rather than continuing to beat this into the ground. And one, two, one, two! I'm trying to figure out if somebody has never listened to this, uh, seen this show before, and just listening to these clips, <laughs> trying to make sense of what they're hearing. It's a difficult <laughs> show to just do an audio, but you did a good job, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I was a little nervous about it. Yeah. No, it's, it's a risk. It's like, it is really funny to hear people being drunk. Uh, as somebody who doesn't drink, I hate being around drunk people, but when I'm removed from the situation <laughs> and can observe them as if at a zoo, I really enjoy it. And I realize that's not a particular thing that everybody enjoys, but if you do enjoy it, this show is like catnip. It is fantastic in that regards. Um, the You're right. The production values for this show being... A, from a web series, and B, on Comedy Central, are surprisingly high. The guests are always really good. And especially when you consider they actually don't really get to do anything except lip sync to some drunk guy's audio track and sort of like bring in sort of the sub performance under their performance, right? You know, they have and to like. Everything has to be like reverse engineered from that, yeah. And the blocking and everything else. And yeah. and who they choose, what speaks, what part of the drunk guy's rambling. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> making these choices is often really smart. 
and um, they make it seem effortless. And it's got to be such like a mechanical endeavor, you know, like it's got to be like doing a jigsaw puzzle. And they, it's a testament to the show, I think, that when I saw that you're doing Drunk History, I was like, well, all right, before I look at it, what episode is going to be? And I'm like, well, it could be any episode because, yeah, like they really. I think because it was a web series before, they had their formula down from episode one. And the only thing that really changed, I think, from episode one onward is that as the show got a broader audience, the guests got a little bit bigger as you went along. Not that they started off small, but I feel like now with the most recent episodes, it's getting even bigger and bigger and bigger. And uh, it's always a treat to see somebody that you're used to seeing, you know, just on a scripted show somewhere doing something really crazy like this. And it really like Terry Crews, like that segment was the, um, the weakest of them, but Terry yeah. Crews so good. is so uh, just, and like, there's some good visual sight gags in there. Like that there's physically a plug with a German radio label on it. Like yeah. old yes. school forties office supply, like punched out label. I mean, yeah. amazing. it's like, I'll just end here, but it's sort of like, an adult version of something you would do in the high school AV club. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it's, it's, it's like Derek Waters just never grew out of that thing, but he just like was able to get a budget and real talent. And now that he's over 18, he gets to drink. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like a progression of, of like the crazy thing you would waste time on after three thirty on Wednesday afternoon. <clears throat> yeah. Me. Sure. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out and I'll link it in the show notes too, to, um, our Nick Reinwald Jones interviewed Tess Lynch uh, at the start of this season of Drunk History because she was the very first storyteller in the season premiere um, back in earlier this fall. So um, she gave a lot of like really wonky details about how they actually do it, which were very interesting to me. Like from a production standpoint, there's a lot of stuff about like that they're they have to be really careful about who drinks when and like that they have a ride home and all that stuff just so like if someone yeah. dies of alcohol poisoning it's like well we made sure that we were watching you while you were with us if you went home and drank more that's not our problem but you know i'm paraphrasing obviously <laughs> um this is an excellent choice the 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 only thing that makes a drunk history episode bad is well two things one is if the storyteller is too drunk and seems like they're being too uh hammy and the other is if the performers are too hammy and aren't good at the lip syncing, like they just are too exaggerated with it. And I'll, they're usually pretty good, though. They're I usually mean, pretty good, but they're, sometimes they're you better get... at this than say lip sync battle, which is in their title. Yes, <laughs> yeah. true. And especially since it's easier to lip sync a song than it is dialogue. Yeah. But yes, you're right. Um, but this one had just all stars across the board in the casting. The the Woman who plays young Claudette Colvin, her name is Mariah. Something. She's great, Mariah Wilson. She's Wilson, she's so good. Oh, so good. <laughs> she's really funny. I mean, Amber yeah. Ruffin helps her by setting her up with some great lines, <laughs> like a lot of fucks. Ouch. But still, she's yeah, ouch, <laughs> so good. <laughs> ouch. Um, but and obviously, I mean, I wrote about it at the time. But Jordan Peele. Just the greatest of all time, like yeah. the greatest. Of I'm only trying everything. to be a fucking scientist. <laughs> <laughs> Throw his pencil down. Yeah. These are private fucking letters. Uh, so good. <laughs> um, yep. So, I mean, I really have nothing to add to Jeff's case. It's a. It's it. Uh, it also educated me a lot about history, but it was hilarious. And um, this episode in particular was really well cast a- across the board, storytellers and performers alike. So excellent choice, Jeff. Good job, Sarah. 
Uh, yeah, I laughed throughout this entire episode. Uh, like I said, some of the sight gags don't translate to and you know to a podcast, but I think enough of it did. Um, I adore this show. Uh, I think I need someone on the panel to make uh oh a white lady the like chime <laughs> for when I text them. <laughs> I'm going to provisionally assign it to Joe, but if you guys want to fight it out amongst yourselves, um, yeah, this is a really great show. It's just like a airtight premise. Uh, for the most part, they get um, really great, both storytellers and actors, and it is a. I think it they make it look a lot easier than it actually is and a lot more expensive than it actually is. Mm-hmm. I laughed for a solid 21 minutes. This was a really fun experience, a fun canon to be a part of. And that's about all I got. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll say a little bit more. <laughs> I've penetrated many women. All the best, Percy. <laughs> so, I mean, it's so good. Joe, what you got? <laughs> um, yeah, so I love Drunk History. It's so funny. It's so creative. It always makes me think of the acting process in a really interesting way. The people who actually do the uh, the lip syncing of the drunk dialogue. I think it's uh, it puts me into that space in a way that doesn't detract from the show. I think it kind of adds to the show. It gives it another little extra layer. I do have, there's always, it doesn't make me like the show less, but I always do think of the fact that yes, they are drunk. No, they are not faking being drunk, but there is sort of a, a Heidinger's principle, I think. Is that the one where you can't... He- he- Heisenberg. Heisen, yes, thank you. Heisenberg. Um, I'm a dummy. Sorry, you guys. Um, no, where... <laughs> say you're drunk. These, like... Joe's been drinking. Yeah, I've been drinking, you guys. <laughs> I love you. I have um, to lip sync this later, so keep it short. Yeah. <laughs> no, where if you you know that you are on drunk history you know that you are you're getting drunk but you know that you are also performing and there is an unconscious prompt to play up aspects of how drunk you are versus versus where i feel like the show there's a sort of purity to the premise of the show where it's just sort of like these are you know funny stories because this is how you know, you would talk and try to explain something, but you can't because you're drunk. And it's, like I said, it doesn't make me not like the show, but it does sort of nag at me a little bit where it's just sort of like, I, there are times that the storytellers, I don't really think it gets that way in this one so much, but there are times when it feels like the storytellers are sort of goosing their own inebriation levels a little bit. I think there's probably yeah. more belching than there might be if it were a hidden camera, uh-huh. but I think that part's hilarious, so I don't have a problem. <laughs> yeah, belching is not going to lose them any points with you at all. Yeah, I think it's part of the yeah, same right. same thing, Joe, but like I also think that they, you know, because they are learning this as well. Like I don't think these people are the experts on this thing cold like they're, not. they're no. coming in, they get right. research yes. or they do research or whatever. Yes. That a lot of it is them trying to recall facts they recently learned yes. while being tipsy. Yes. yes. And I think sometimes that translates into what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like there's sort of like this weird drunky twilight 
where uh-huh. yeah. you, know, you know being drunk or sweet or beautiful heading. drunk talk yeah yeah yeah, yeah no, exactly it's a sweet like, spot it, where you're like i have a grand unifying theory and it's fucking brilliant uh, but then the yeah. actual facts that you would usually yeah. use and you to need to wait this. while i remember it because right. it's really good you're but just stop it enough yeah. to share it and hang feel on, it's hang brilliant. On, yeah. Hang on, hang on. yeah 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 exactly <laughs> exactly jeff very good and it's so interesting so to so see so the times when the actors go from one to the other like where like sometimes yeah. you they, they're sort of on an even keel as far as their inebriation goes but sometimes there is a progression yeah. from lucid storytelling to on the floor making love to their dog kind of stuff there was one <laughs> and with an those inventor. Ones are i don't remember who the storyteller was or who the inventor was but there was this like visible like there was a moment where you're like barfing is happening oh yeah it might yeah, not yeah. be on camera yeah it's happening. <laughs> and I like the moments where the actors uh, sort of step out of the sketch a little bit and sort of will like look at each other or look at the camera yeah. and be like, sort of like... The long pauses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so for the canon purposes, I thought it was interesting when I saw that this was the submission because I think Drunk History is great and I like a canon-worthy series. And I sort of started to think of what could possibly separate one episode from another mm. to sort of make the case that like, no, this is the drunk history yeah. of all the drunk histories of all the, you guys this is the best <laughs> drunk history. It's so, so hard not to go into that. No, um, I'm naturally slurry. I don't understand it. No. Um, why this among all the drunk histories would be the one. I think it's the word histories that lends itself to slurring. Anyway. Um, and I was sort of worried that we were going to run into that problem with this where, there is really no one drunk history that does anything differently to sort of make it special. And yet watching this episode, I think Jordan Peele might do it because I think he honestly yep. might be the best yep. at doing this of all episodes of this show. He might just deliver in this particular episode the absolute best performance in any other drunk history. Yep. I agree. Yeah. There is and also and Weird Al Yankovic is Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Like, yes. What other show ever has that credit? Yeah. 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 And the actress who plays Colvett yeah. is really. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Thumbs up. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I didn't realize that was Weird Al until the first time I watched it until the credits. Oh, like funny. I just didn't like my brain wouldn't fuse to make that connection. I knew the one that's coming up. I'm a little ashamed of the- that. The one that is airing tomorrow night has Giancarlo Esposito in a role. And we both were like, it oh, took yeah. several minutes because he's wearing like crazy mutton chops. And we we're like, is that him? Like it really, yeah. it was uh, not until the very end were we positive that it definitely. He's way good. more chameleon like than you expect him to be, particularly yeah. for somebody who had such an iconic role on Breaking Bad. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, and and who I loved so much, but it's like, yeah. really, that crazy old timey facial hair really transforms a person. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's put this to a vote, Tara. Oh, yes, absolutely. Joe? Yes. Sarah Debunting? You know what your problem is? <laughs> um, what? Yes. All right, so this is our first uh, four sweet Ooh. vote. Woo! Very good. Drunk History Season 2, Episode 1, Montgomery, Alabama. You are hereby inducted into the Extra Hot Great Camp. Yeah. <laughs> Americans love a winner. Yeah. 
and will not tolerate a loser. Nope. It's time for Winner and a Loser of the Week. And I just want to point out that's the first time in about a month I didn't screw up the clips in that segment. <laughs> yeah. Good All job, right. Dave. Thank you very much, Tara. You have our winner. I do. Uh, it's Fox's upcoming live Rocky Horror Picture Show, but also just the concept of live musical events in general that we might be getting to a saturation point. ITV and Britain just announced last week that they're doing um, a live Sound of Music also for Christmas. This oh. one will not star Carrie Underwood, <laughs> some some British broad who was from Mr. Selfridge. I don't know. But how could anyone else do it? <laughs> it's a that's a great question joe great great question um but there's a bunch of other ones still uh upcoming on the horizon nbc has the Wiz, fox is doing greece and fox is also doing rocky horror picture show which is what i'm here to talk about because they cast as dr frankenfurter laverne cox <laughs> yeah. thank you fox that's going to be mm. awesome thank you for giving us a reason to watch it she's amazing i can't wait now before i would have not cared but good job on the casting does, has nice she done work. does she have like a singing background at all i'm sure she can sing yeah i'm okay. honestly like I look at laverne cox and think is there literally anything she couldn't do like i believe she can dance i believe she could play supergirl i believe she could do anything so right. i'm looking forward to this cool Yay. And Loser of the Week, Joe. Oh boy. Uh, loser of the Week is uh, beloved late night host Jimmy Fallon, who uh, oh, Jimmy. injured his hand over the weekend. And if you're saying, the other one. Uh, Joe, that is old news that Jimmy Fallon already injured his hand. I would say yes, back in June. This is the <laughs> other hand. And uh, after he also injured, the first time he injured his hand in June, uh, got his ring caught on a table when he fell and nearly ripped his finger off. Um <laughs> And then, two months later, chipped a tooth on the medicine <laughs> bottle for the pills yep. that he was taking yep. for the finger. And now, <laughs> most latest thing, he was accepting an award from the Harvard Lampoon while carrying a bottle of Jaeger. And he fell and he cut his hand on the bottle of Jaeger. Now listen, the first time you injure your hand, we all feel bad for you. Yep. The second injury... We start to think you might be a klutz. The right. third injury <laughs> to the other hand when you're carrying a bottle of Jaeger. This is sort of like, this is not exactly analogous. But my little sister broke her wrists three times, twice on one wrist and the other once on the other one. By the time she was like 12, I don't Whoa. understand how my parents aren't both in jail because you start to suspect things. I'm not suspecting child abuse with Jimmy Fallon, but I am suspecting the fact that nobody just falls down and hurts their hands that much. Like, it's just, it's, well, you're creating a reputation for yourself, sir, and I would watch it. I am not saying this because I never would, but Kim Reed, uh, past guest of the cast and future guest of the show, tweeted yesterday <laughs> that the fact that a bottle of Jaeger was involved. It, it's hard for one not to think maybe there's a substance issue happening. And she was especially disgusted because he's a father of two. And like, don't walk around with Jaeger. You're in your 40s, <laughs> which is a fair point, whether you have a substance abuse problem or not. And having but, him, uh, uh, seen him in person trip over some sawdust and Molly Shemin, <laughs> P.S., it's sawdust. It's not a totally outlandish theory. Let's, let's, let's hear me out. <laughs> I just love that it's like Jaeger, which is like the collegist of drinks, yeah. too. Yes. Like, like I, dude, bro, in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I want to know is, you know how they all have those, you know, personal insurance programs, you know, so, you know, they have to miss the show for a month. Oh, yeah. yeah. Somehow covered. Yeah. What are the premiums like for that now? <laughs> 
because yeah. that whatever <laughs> agency is handling that, they're making good bank. Yeah. 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 Um, so the question of personal liability in the entertainment <laughs> uh, world brings up an interesting question. Yeah. Does it? Yes. Uh, do you guys know what time it is? Cocktail hour. Um, yeah, yeah. Time to fall. Also game it's time. It's game time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's disappointing. This is the second game time of the season. Joe is in the lead with the only point one so far. Joe! Remember, the season is one when someone gets to five points, and the seasons might last longer now because now there are four entities <laughs> playing for the crown. Yep. We have Tara, Joe, Sarah, and Value Guests all appearing today. Today we are playing Show Me Your Titulars <laughs> from previously.tv recapper and guest right here on this podcast, Nick Reinwell Jones. Hey! These NRJ. 60 questions will test your knowledge of TV protagonists who are referred to in the show's title. Mm-hmm. I will give you the name of the character or characters. Okay. You give me the name of the show. Right. Correct answer, two points. Okay. Need a hint? Nick has provided the year the show debuted and the network it first aired on. Oh. After this hint, a correct answer is worth one point. Mm-hmm. Here's a sample question. Okay. Dorothy Zorba, blah, blah, Zbornak. Rose, Blanche, and Sophia. Oh, no. Yeah, we're just, okay. oh, just going to go there. It begins. All right, so those are the Golden Girls. Nick, why? <laughs> Uh, um, the character's actual name will never be part of the show's title, so oh. you do not have to bother guessing Benson. Okay. okay. All right. Got it. Understand? Yes. yes. All right. Let's see who's going to go first. We will start with Sarah. All right. So let's go Sarah and then to Joe since they're in the same room. Then we'll go to Jeff and finally to Tara. Hello. Are we ready to play? Show me your titulars. I am excited about the opportunity to play. <laughs> oh Shake it, madam. <laughs> All right. So for Sarah, Dr. Richard Kimball. Um, Dr. Richard I just Kimball. give you the show title? Yep. The Fugitive. All right. That's worth two points. Nice. Joe. Yes. Davy Jones, Mickey Zolens, Michael Nesmith, just Peter Tork. What is it? Uh, that would Dolans. Be, Dolans. Dolans. What'd I say? Zdolens or something? You put an extra Z at the beginning? It's Zuma. Dolans. <laughs> uh, the, mon- the, z- the z- monkeys. <laughs> yeah. But let's lose the two. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is it the monkeys? <laughs> All right, Jeff. <laughs> um, Jeff, Will Smith. Played the titular character on what show? Is it Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Fresh it, Prince of Bel Air? Correct. Jeff, can you uh, speak up just a little bit? Thank yeah. you. Uh, all right. Tara. Yeah. Alicia Florek. The Good Wife. Correct. All right. Two points for everybody. Woo! Back to Sarah. Peter Griffin. Family Guy? Nice. Boom. Two points. I so- mean, it isn't, but good job. <laughs> I was going to say that, as you know. Selena Meyer. Selena Meyer is Veep. Jeff. Steve Austin. The Six Million Dollar Man. Tara. Yeah. John Steed and Emma Peel. The Avengers. The Avengers, correct. Everybody's got their maximum points so far. Mm -hmm. Felix Unger and Oscar Madison. The Odd Couple. Mo, Larry, and Curly. The Three Stooges. 
Phil Miller for Jeff. Phil oh. Miller. Sure, I'm the one to break the streak. Uh, Manimal. <laughs> Confidently said. He, yeah, I like your spirit. He makes, he makes the two-point grab, uh, but incorrect. That was the, the last, last man, man on, on earth. earth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, ba, 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 Dan Humphrey. Dan Humphrey. <laughs> Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Ross and Harvey Specter. Wait, me? Ew. Yeah. Um, Mike Ross. Can I have a hint? This show debuted 2011 on the USA Network. Suits? Yeah! Oh, nice. That's good for one point. <laughs> nice grab. Hayden Fox. Coach. Yeah! Wow. <laughs> Doug Heffernan. Ew. Doug Heffernan, Jeff. Uh, King of Queens. He is the King of Queens. Tara. Yeah. Monica. Monica? Yeah. Oh, God. Hint. 1994 on CBS, the Supergirl Network. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know. I have no guess. Touched by an angel. Oh, Oh, wow. Wow. Ew. Number 17. It's pretty pretty cool. (laughs) Philip and Elizabeth Jennings. And this is back to Sarah. Sarah. Uh, They are the Americans. They are the Americans. Brit and Jermaine. Uh, Flight Jermaine. of the Concords. Yeah, correct. Nice pull. Number 19 for Jeff Alexander. Patrick Jane. Uh, the Mentalist. Yeah! He is the Mentalist, <laughs> correct. Wow, that's twice now. Yeah. <laughs> Tara. Yeah. Lennon White and Jessica Black. I never knew those were their last names. Best Friends Forever. Yeah. Best Friends Forever is correct. And that brings us to our first score break here at the one-third mark. Okay. Jeff and I are tied with eight points each. Sarah has nine. Joe has ten. All right. Eek. Lots of points. Going back to Sarah. Max Guevara. Max Guevara. It's correct. Or Guevara, perhaps. Guevara, yeah. I don't know. I'm don't just know. guessing. Probably. Guevara, Guevara, uh, Let's have a hint, please. This show debuted in the year 2000 on the Fox Network. Oh, it can't be profit. Uh, oh, fringe. That's a little early. Anybody? No. Dark Angel. Oh. Right. Her. Yeah. All right, Joe. Yes. Max Black and Carolyn Channing. Max Black and Carolyn Channing. Hint, please. Caroline. 2011 on CBS. Max Black, Caroline, or Carolyn Channing. CBS. (laughs) (laughs) The Supergirl Network. I don't know. The the Hawaii Five O's. (laughs) They are two broke girls. Oh, right. Wow, this is a great name. Wilkin Brattle. <laughs> Wilkin Brattle, Jeff. Yeah, that's oh, wow. executioner. Nice. <laughs> the only one who could have gotten that question <laughs> exactly. got it. All right, Tara. Yeah. Bonnie Plunkett. Hint. 2013, CBS. Oh, oh 
Mom? That's good for one point. Back to Sarah. Matt Murdock. Matt Matt Murdock. Murdock. I should know this, but I don't, and I will need a hint. 2015 on Netflix. Oh, Jesus. Daredevil. (laughs) That's good for a one point. All right, Joe. Yes. Colt Seavers. That's oh, not a name. That yeah, is, is. And, that is six and, names. That's that's a yeah. lot of name. And when you find out what it is, you're going to be like, "Yep, that makes sense." Colt Seavers. It could be no other. Hint, please. 1981. Ooh, right. God. Okay. So make a little more sense now. Joe ABC. Wasn't alive then. I know. ABC. Joe's Twelve. Yeah. Ne- the network distinctions don't matter so much for me back then. 81. Colt Seavers. Yeah. Was. Durango. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Just kidding. Not a thing. The Eliminator. <laughs> Equalizer. Equalizer. That's, from, what, that's what I was thinking. From, Equalizer. from the kids in the hall skit? No. Is the guy, Colt Seavers, is like, The Eliminator! Uh, no, no, I meant the Equalizer. Eliminator. He's not the Equalizer, because I believe that was CBS. Okay. Uh, he is the Fall Guy. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That was a tough one. Jeffrey. Billy Crystal and Josh Gad. Oh, this was the one from earlier. This is it. The comedians. Nice. That is Indeed. worth two points. Tara Allison Dubois. Uh, medium. She is medium. Yep. Right. Kip Wilson and Henry Desmond. <laughs> oh my Desmond. God! Sadly, uh, you got you said Kip. I already knew. Bosom <laughs> buddies. Bosom uh-huh. <laughs> buddies. Nineteen eighty. Yeah. Speaking of opportunities, right? <laughs> uh, Joe. Yeah. Sorry, I just lost my place. Yeah. Uh, Cleo. Yeah. C H L E O. I mean L O E. Sorry. Chloe. 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 Is that what I say? It? Oh yeah, yes. Chloe. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> Look, guys. Chloe. That's it. That's all you get. Just Just Chloe. Chloe. Mm. Don't trust the bitch in Apartment 23. Well, that's not the actual title. Don't trust the bee in Apartment 23. It's a family (laughs) podcast. I'm sorry. (laughs) That is good for two points. Good job. For Chloe. Mm -hmm. Brenda Lee Johnson. Oh, I know this. Um, Brenda Lee Johnson. uh, Can I have a clue, please? Yes. Uh, Oh, hang on. Hang on. It's a closer. All right, we'll give it to you. I didn't get to the year. That's good for two points. Never forget my generosity, Jeff Alexander. <laughs> One day I'll come back to you and ask for a favor. I'll put it in the ledger. <laughs> He's giving you a Jeff point. Yeah. And uh, Anne Marie. Anne Marie? Yeah. Hint. 1966. Fuck off. Yep, on ABC. <laughs> Titular character from what show? Nursey. I don't know. <laughs> that girl. Oh. That girl. She never had a last name. Her? Maybe Marie was her last name. Uh, Doesn't well, matter. Proceed. Stefan Salvador and Damon Salvador. Damon. Just, just Stefan and Damon. Damon? Damon. Salvatore. <laughs> I get sticky or name bashing. Well, <laughs> yes. Okay, sticky, you saying things wrong. <laughs> Do I? Stephen, Do I? Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, Are you done? Stephen, 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 Vampire Diaries. I, there you go. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Barry. I believe it's Barry. <laughs> it's Beret. Beret. 
Al Lenny. Yeah. Barry Allen. Barry Allen is the Flash. He is the Flash. Corey Matthews. Corey Matthews, uh, Jeff. Is that Boy Meets World? It is. Yes. Nice. Fran Fine. The nanny. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait for that one. <laughs> uh, Hannah Baxter or Belle. And who is this again? Sarah. Yeah, thank you. Hannah Baxter or Belle? Yep. Hint. 2007 on Showtime. <laughs> Dexter? <laughs> is it a secret diary of a call girl? It is. Oh, of course. It was the car girl. Carl girl? She was the Carl girl. Carl girl. <laughs> yeah. Jay Sherman. Jay Sherman was Jay the Herman? critic. He was. Look at that. That's picky, Kismet. Yes. Yep. Thank you, picky. Tony Scully. Scully. Can you spell that, please? Yeah. <laughs> Good uh, call. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> hmm. Yes. No problem, Jeff. T O N Y. Okay. S C A L I. Right. Um. Is it? Uh, I'm gonna shoot for it here. Uh, who's the boss? Mm, uh, 1991 on ABC. Nope. The Commish. Oh, the Commish. Oh, All yeah, right, bring us into our second score break, Tara. Mm-hmm. Catherine uh, Chandler and Vincent. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So close. Um, Sarah has 14. I have 15. Jeff and Joe are tied with 16 each. Holy crap. Super close. Yeah. Wow. All right. 20 questions left. Starting off with uh, Sarah. Sabrina Duncan, Jill Moreau, and Kelly Garn... Garn... Doesn't Garn- matter. Garnett. Charlie's Doesn't Angels. Matter. Yep. Right. <laughs> uh, Ralph Hinkley. Hinkley. Ralph Hinkley. Yeah. Hinkley. <sighs> the faces you guys are missing are... <laughs> Hint, please. Joe history. <laughs> uh, it's your favorite year, 1981. Oh, my God. It's not The Fall Guy. Okay. It was on ABC. It was on ABC on 1981. Ralph Hinkley was this titular character. Yeah, you know, um, uh, Sheriff Lobo. I don't know. <laughs> Believe it or not. Believe it or not, Joe. Oh, no way. Oh. Greatest American hero. Of course. Ralph Hanley for a while. Huh. Really? After the, Yeah, after the... Reagan uh, shooting. Oh, oh, that makes sense. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, the that quick trip to Ellis Island. Yeah. <laughs> Melinda Gordon. Melinda uh, Gordon. Melinda Gordon. Uh, can I have a clue, please? Yes. 2005 on CBS, the Supergirl Network. <laughs> I know that's not funny, but I'm sticking with her. <laughs> All right. Um, Melinda Gordon. I am animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a ghost whisper. Oh, the ghost whisper. Oh, yeah. It's a ghost whisper. <laughs> Tara. Yes. Dr. Jonathan Chase. Mm. Hint. <laughs> 1983 on NBC. Um. Mm. Doctory. 
<laughs> Jeff Alexander, could you please tell Tara what that is? Huh? Take a guess. Is it Manable? Is Manable? No! Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh Manable! <laughs> it was coming. Back to Sarah. Ken Reeves. Ken Reeves. Ken Reeves. Uh, hint. 1978 on CBS. Guys, that's the Supergirl Network. Now you've said it so many times, it is funny, like jingling your keys in front of a baby. <laughs> uh, 1978. On the... <laughs> it touched your heart. <laughs> on the Supergirl Network? Yes. Hmm. Yep. Ken Reeves. Airwolf? Like that guess. The White Shadow. Oh, oh sure. Jesus! I believe Airwolf would be the you know HK seven two four would be the actor. <laughs> I just thought that it was the guy was also yeah. called Airwolf. Couldn't so. just call him Airwolf? Like in suits. And, <laughs> <laughs> and remember when Airwolf shot that building? Yes. No, I don't Airwolf. think so. Uh, Joe. Uh, oh fuck me, Joe. Uh, Dave. Uh, no, thank Lenny. You. Sorry, what? Uh, yeah. What? Yeah, I was. Say, being, huh? Was being a What's funny, going on? Yeah. What? <laughs> I would like. Give just give me the, again. Give me the name. No, that was the character. That was the character. Start with Joe. Okay, Joe. Yeah. And what was the last name? Yeah, Joe uh, Trelawney. T R A L E L L I. I mean N E L L I. Trinelli. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh dear. oh dear. Seriously, please spell it again for, for real. Put and get all the letters and put them in the right order. T, I'll start you off. T R E. Yes. T- Dave's dead. T R E. A N E L I apologize. To everyone. Oh, no. Oh, Jesus. Ow. Okay. You got to pull it together because I'm going to need a hint. Yeah. T. I'm sorry, Joe. T. Joe. T. R. A. N. E. L. L. I. That's only one. Terry Elliott. Owen Thoreau. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Good old Joe Terry and Owen. <laughs> <laughs> hint, please. I actually know it now. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Uh, did you ask for hints? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2009 on TNT. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, okay. <laughs> TNT. Trelenny. Trinelli. <laughs> Oh, I think I know what the show is, maybe, but I can't remember the title for the life of me. And it's not, they're not Leverage, so. (laughs) They're not Franklin and Bash, because I didn't hear either. Right. (laughs) One of them would have to be the ampersand. Who is it? That's right. It is Men of a Certain Age. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's get past this episode in our lives. Seriously. Robert McCall. (laughs) Robert McCall, Jeff. Robert McCall. Robert, Robert McCall. Um, That's it? Uh, clue, please. 1985 on CBS, the Supergirl Network. Equalizer. Whoa, whoa. Wait, no. Wrong oh, button. Geez. Ding, 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 ding. One point. Really? Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. God. Thank Marcus you, Boa. <laughs> Anytime. Marcus Boa? Yeah, B-O-W-A. Hint. 
2014, NBC. The Hannibal Network. Mm. Boo. Boo. Shut up, Dave. <laughs> I'm only coming up with ones it can't be. It's not Constantine. All right. Got an answer? No. No. About a boy. He's oh, the boy. Oh, God. Andy Millman and Maggie Jacobs. Andy Millman and Maggie Jacobs. Sarah. Andy Millman. I think this show bit you on the ass last week, but yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Oh, no. And that never helps either, because then my mind empties of everything except Yeah, dancing. sorry. <laughs> um, c- couples therapy. <laughs> would 2005 HBO would have helped you any? No. Extras. They oh, are the extras yeah. from Extras. They are the extras. Nick Fallon, Joe. Nick Fallon. I don't remember this show. Okay. Problem here is that Nick Fallon was a character on Days of Our Lives, and that's all I can think of right now. Um, hint, please. 2001 on CBS. <laughs> Supergirl Network. Oh my God. 2001 CBS. 2001 CBS. Was, he, was that Shark? Mm. Ah. Nice pull, though. That was The Guardian? Sure. Guardian. Yeah. No, nice. I don't remember that either. Jeffrey, John Byers, Melvin Frohicki. The unusual. No. Wait, I'm the not done. Gunman. Wait, the lo- wait. What did you say? I said the lone gunman. All right, didn't even need the last one, so that <laughs> means you get the question right and one day point hey. for an unused clue. Congratulations. <clears throat> Alec Russo. Yeah. Russo. Mac Russo or Russo. Russo. Uh huh. Uh, hint. 2007. Yeah. On the Disney Channel. Um. One of about 10,000 shows uh, that I think are on God. the Disney Channel at any given time. Is it uh, Witches of Waverly Place? Hey. Wow. <laughs> Martin O'Hara. This for me? Yeah. yeah. Hint. 1963 yeah. on the CBS network. The Super no. Um, 63 on CBS. Emergency. Mm. <laughs> Edward Emergency. <laughs> My favorite Martian. Oh. Not anymore. He's not. No, it was Edward Emergency, <laughs> and so his initial was just E, yep. and it was E Emergency. Yep. <laughs> Joe's got it. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Samantha Waters. Dr. Samantha Waters. Okay. Well, she's a doctor. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> she's a yep. lady and a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. Doctorina. Try to operate on uh, the him, sun? please. <laughs> 96 on NBC. 96. Dr. Samantha Waters, NBC. I know you want to, but don't say Providence. I know. That's all I can think of is just like, <laughs> there were mul- there were multiple sisters. It wasn't just one. Um, I don't know. Anybody want to take a guess? No. Tough one. Is it the Profiler? It is Profiler. Hey! Oh, wow. Oh, her. 
<laughs> Start with a pro. Um, Sarah. Nope. I'm going to have to ask you to be quiet during this question. As we ask <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. I know. Okay. I wow. Know we're do. second guessing all my banter, are we? <laughs> is that where it's at, Tara? Francis Poncharello and Jonathan Baker. Chips. Now you know. Yes. It is delicious, delicious chips. <laughs> it was a Sarah clue that gave it away. All right. Uh, Tara. You can manage not to say anything glib during the reading of this question. Oliver Queen. Arrow. Arrow is correct. All right. Let's get a quick score break. Okay. Um, let's see. Sarah has 16. Uh, Joe has 16. I have 18. Jeff has 21. Whoa. All right. Do you have 19? I have you as 19. Guys, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, Tom, I don't know. Jamie Summers. Jamie Summers, Sarah. Uh, the Bionic Woman. The Bionic Woman, correct. Tom Kane. Tom Kane, Joe. K A N E or C A I N? With a K. Well, doesn't matter. He... Um, hint, please. 2011 on Stars with a Z. <laughs> is this Just like boss? Mickey Dolan's? Is. is this Boss? This is Boss, correct. Yeah. Boss. Uh, Adair, Colby, Antone, and Trotter. Are you talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> what was that you said? Yeah, Adair. <laughs> the fuck you said? Colby, uh, Antone, and Trotter. Adair, Colby, and Trotter? Antone. Antone and Trotter. And Trotter. Oh. Adair, Colby, Antone, and Trotter. Yes. Okay. Um I would like a clue, please. Uh, yeah, 1998, Comedy Central. Good luck. Yeah, and huh. I, I, I saw this, and I don't remember this at all. This is a tough okay. one. If you get this, there's an extra five day points in it for you. Oh, uh, I'm going to go with the title I saw on the Onion one. Shitload of Wayanses. Going to give you three day points for that answer, <laughs> I need them. I want to give you the full five, but I don't think that would be fair. <laughs> That's the Upright Citizen Brigade, which is a tough one oh, because it's yeah. yeah, because it's like you know you wouldn't think that God. based on their origin, but there you have it, Jared, Gerard. For me? Uh, yeah. This is the last question of the game, Jared. Whoa. Oh, wow. Um, hint. Nineteen ninety-six, NBC. Animal Network. It's not the exciting Manimal remake. Sorry. Got a guess? ER. <laughs> he played Edward Emergency uh, Rex. No, that was The Pretender. Oh, God. The Pretender. Okay. All right. I think Jeff won it, but let's hear it for sure. Okay. Yes. Jeff has won. Bye. 21 points. Very nice. All right. Shits and giggles question. You ready? Yeah. Yes. Here it goes. First person answer gets three day points. Christy Alley. Fat actress. Fat actress. Yeah. 3D day points for Mr. Jeff. I mean, you're not Jeff. Yes. Wow, you oh, guessed. God damn it.
Good day. Steve wrote Day's Raid. Oh, guys. Oh, congrats, good day Jeff. for Mr. Dave Cole. Oh, my God. No, wrong Guys, what's happening on the site? Nothing good. Well, that's <laughs> it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We put on our skimpiest skirts for the discussion of Supergirl on CBS, Fenceforth, known as the Supergirl Network. And EHG's own Supergirl Liv gave us her report on the season's penultimate episode of the face-off. Speaking of penultimate episodes, Project Project Greenlight covered the wrapping of the leisure crack. Cl- oh, fuck me. I can't talk anymore. Somebody help Dave. There was a baseball thing. The blotter did a thing. We went around the dial. There was drunk history, and Jeff did good there. There was winners and losers, and then Jeff did good again in game time. Remember. We're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I am David Tinkle and I'm Avatar Ariano. I wouldn't wear this to the beach. <laughs> that, was, that was your name, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> your mom's red kryptonite. <laughs> Joe Reed. Bye. Hey, oh, Jeff. Take it away. <laughs> and Jeff Alexander. <laughs> God. What you guys can't see is that in that in that laugh, his his flip flop also fell off. My <laughs> what? Are we still rolling? Off. What's going on? Yeah, we're still rolling. Jeff, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jeff, for putting up with this. Yep, I'm her. We'll see you next time or not. I don't know. This feels like it could be the last episode of Extra Hot Uh oh, SpaghettiO! Don't let anybody hear this. Pull the plug. Oh, my God. I'll say. Oh, what a shit show. I'm so sorry. I lost it. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows, and this is one we think you're going to love. Welcome to the Naked Scientist. What is a panic attack? You might get to see a hedgehog. I'm the world's first IVF baby. What a wonderful time to be alive. We're landing on the moon. Every week, our podcast covers cutting-edge news, great stories, and hands-on science. Science. And that is to say, physics, medicine, nature, or space, time, the brain, life, the universe. Subscribe to The Naked Scientists on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.